Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Her dad got the call to go to the sheriff's department in Hampton County. And then they, that's where they confirmed that it was Stephen, and they said he was shot in the head. Then it turned out it was a hit and run, and then he was beat up, and so the story just kept changing over and over. As any investigator, you go off of the evidence. Um, there was no evidence that, that you know, pointed towards this being a hit and run or a vehicle even being involved in it. Um, it looked like it was more staged, um, like possibly the body had been placed in the roadway. There's no car parts, no any type of uh, uh, parts to a car. There is no body trauma other than to the head area. It does not appear to be, in my opinion, uh, uh, struck by a vehicle. Typically, you don't see the highway patrol working a murder. And that's what this is. Right. You know, there's, there's no doubt. We're not classifying this as, as anything other than a murder. We're following a developing story. This one out of Colleton County. It's 4147 Moselle Road. I've been up to it now. It's bad. Double homicide involving a mother and son. Both deaths resulting from apparent gunshot wounds. In this town, nobody questioned the Murdochs for 100 years. You know, powerful people make powerful enemies. You commit a murder in the 14th Circuit, the odds of you going to death row are high. From the studios of WCIV ABC News 4 in Charleston, this is the podcast Unsolved South Carolina. Case file number one, the Murdochs. How does Stephen Smith, a 19-year-old student and by all accounts a well-loved boy, his story deserves to be told, end up dead in the middle of Sandy Run Road? Where's our next stop? Sandy Run Road? Yep. We've told you about the scene, Stephen's family life, and even his personal relationships with other men. But we haven't told you what the investigators think may have happened to him that night. Um, I can tell you this. Here's Highway Patrol Trooper Todd Proctor. You know, because I know it kind of went back and forth and there were different rumors and um, about it, you know, impossibly getting hit by a car and this and that. Uh, he didn't get hit by no car. Even though hit and run was recorded on Stephen's autopsy report, an autopsy that Highway Patrol troopers investigating his death and the county coroner who was first on the scene were not privy to. In the end, the coroner and the Highway Patrol disagreed with pathologists' conclusion. I'm not saying that, you know, whoever did this, you know, murdered him because, you know, to, to have that... Uh, charge of murder you got to have premeditation and you got to have you know forethought and all this kind of stuff but if it was uh, you know somebody playing around and it got out of control 
you know, the, the problem is, is that when you, you leave and you try to cover it up or you lie or, you know, whatever. What we are privy to is a series of law enforcement interviews acquired by WCIV, ABC News 4, through the Freedom of Information Act. i got to backtrack this thing. I mean, I tried to stir up some dust down there, and so, you know, hopefully this will get some other people talking. You know, if you happen to hear anything, um, you know, please give me a call or, or you know, make, make it available to me somehow because we're at the point now where we're running down everything we can. According to the Highway Patrol case audio files that I heard, there were at least 18 interviews that were conducted regarding the death of Stephen Smith. Many of the interviews were with young people around the same age as a 19-year-old victim. Some were more intimidated than others when the law is on the other side of the phone. It's just still a fact of talking to a trooper about a murder case or however y'all are classifying it. It's just... Oh, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's... It's, it's uh, nerve-wracking, especially for even for a small town. I mean, stuff like that. That's not something you that happens every day yeah. in Hampton. Today's date is... September 1st, 2015, the time is 1702. This is in reference to KCL-062-15, a traffic collision that occurred down in Hampton County. I'm attempting to contact... In those interviews, the Murdoch name is mentioned a lot, specifically Alex's older son, Buster, who went to high school with Stephen. It's described as a he-said-she-said, whispers and gossip that had traveled through Hampton and eventually to the ears of law enforcement. The information that was first given to me was that um, Buster Murdoch and maybe one or two other people had were out that night and they had saw Stephen's car or whatever. So they went down a road and they actually saw him walking and they were going to kind of play. They were going to kind of like play around with him and they held something or swung something out of the car and accidentally hit him. Does any of that sound familiar to you? I do remember someone saying something about Buster, but I don't, it didn't really go into detail. I'm trying to just track down because you are now the 10th person that I've talked to in reference to this, in reference to this one rumor, and it had to, it had to start somewhere, you know, somebody had, had to generate it. Eventually, I'm gonna get to the source, I hope. Hampton's a small place. Uh, somebody knows something, and as long as as long as we can keep people talking, somebody's bound to slip up and say something. It went like this. Just go ahead and, and tell me, you know, what you heard. Yes, and not a problem. Um, first heard, just like everybody else in our little small town, that he was. First we heard he was shot. Then we heard it was a hit and run. But recently, probably a week ago, week and a half ago, I'd say something like that. Um, I heard that these two, maybe three young men were in a vehicle. Um, they were riding down 601, saw the car on the side of the road. I guess saw the boy walking. Um, they turned back around. I guess they were attempting to, I don't want to say, you know, mess around with him or something like that and stuck something out the window and it, you know, hit him in, I don't know if it hit him in the head or the back or where it hit him. Um, and then that's pretty much all I heard. I did hear names, and I'm, um, or heard a name, and that name was, he goes by Buster Murdoch. Everybody know who Buster is, and like his family know that, so it was kind of like shocking. So 
say the name Murdoch. Um, yeah, and, and you know, I understand that they're uh, pretty big down there in Hampton, but um, I'm out of Charleston, and that name doesn't mean anything to me. So I, I want you to feel, you know, like you don't have anything to worry about, okay? I want you to understand that. Um, now, who passed this information on to you? At least for some of the people who came forward. It was about trying to get the truth out. I hate to throw names out there, but then again, what's right's right, what's wrong's wrong, and I feel like, especially the family, I mean, they just deserve, they deserve the truth. It's not, I mean, I couldn't imagine losing my brother or parents or, you know, when I have kids one day, my kid, I mean, that'd just be... I'd want to know the truth. In December, law enforcement gets an anonymous tip about a young man who was allegedly in a vehicle with Buster and another person the night Stephen died. This is Lance Corporal J.D. James, South Carolina Patrol Consulment Unit. Today's date is uh, June 13, 2016. Time now is approximately 2.04 p.m. Almost a year after Stephen's death, the Highway Patrol interview this young man. He tells the officer he found out that Stephen died on social media. Did they say how he died? Uh, Somebody said he got hit by a car or something. That's what, that's what you heard? Yeah. He didn't get hit by a car. He did? Uh-huh. Uh, wow. Uh, someone murdered him. Huh? Hmm? Boy. That's what I'm saying. For what? That's good. Why would somebody do that to him? I have no idea. He wasn't bothering nobody, I don't think. Because he was out, when I played football, he was out training. He too much bother nobody. Too much, I ain't never seen him talk too much. But it appears this lead runs cold. According to the report, Highway Patrol troopers don't record an interview with the one person everyone else is talking about. When Highway Patrol Trooper Proctor calls Buster Murdoch more than three months after Stephen's death in October, Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. Is not available. The mailbox is full and cannot accept any messages at this time. His voicemail is full. The report states that the Highway Patrol did email him, but we don't know if Buster ever even got that email or knew that he played a large part in Trooper Proctor's investigation. We don't know if Proctor ever followed up with Murdoch at all. This trooper is now unavailable for an interview on the Smith case because it is an active investigation. Buster Murdoch has never officially been named as a suspect or charged with any crime in connection with Stephen Smith's death. But we do know that another Murdoch family member shows up in the Highway Patrol's case files. The day Stephen is found dead, Stephen's case report shows that his father gets a call from Randy Murdoch, Alex's brother, Buster's uncle. Here's Stephanie, Stephen's twin sister. The day that Stephen passed away, uh, Randy Murdoch was the second person to call my dad after the coroner. And he said he wanted to take the case 
and it would be free of charge and everything. And my dad's a little iffy on that. Well, Randy's also a personal injury lawyer with the Murdoch Family Law Firm, PMPED, which could explain the call to Stephanie's dad. But there's another mention of Randy Murdoch in the case files. On December 18, 2015, Highway Patrol gets a tip. Basically, a man states that his stepson told him about another suspect who might have struck and killed Stephen. According to the report, the tipster tells the officer that the reason he passed on this information was because Randy Murdoch told him to call. But that's not the only lead that investigators follow closely. There's also the 47-year-old man who tells investigators that he and Stephen were boyfriends, Mark Bickhart. He also says he was possibly the last person to speak to Stephen. I believe the last text, if my mind calls me correct, that I looked at it was 3.37 a.m. Now, was he coming over here? He was supposed to be. He was supposed to be on the way. But from what I'm learning, he was headed home. Mark has a tough time with investigators. He blames it on a failing memory. Specific things that he may have said, but you can tell me what somebody said yesterday calling you and harassing you. And, and, and Because certain things stick in my mind. Yeah, we, we probably okay. did text, yes. I mean, I can tell you we text all the time. If we text, yes, I know we were let texting. Me, let me go ahead and tell you this. If you know anything and you're trying to hide it from me, whether you did, wait, let me finish. Whether you had anything to do with it or not, understand you can be held just as accountable for it. I In this hour-long interview with Mark, it sounds like there'll never be a clear answer. Uh, you willing to take a lie detector test saying you don't know anything about his death or had anything to do with that death? I know a lot about what... I didn't ask you that. Are you willing to take... I'm willing to take a lie detector test. This is what I'm trying to show you. But the report shows that the troopers found Mark's story consistent enough to cancel the polygraph test. That takes us to 2021. Now, six years later, the state's law enforcement sled decides to reopen Smith's death investigation. And as we said, that was based upon information gathered during the course of the double murder investigation of Paul and Maggie Murdoch. What information? That? We don't know yet. I was ecstatic. Very ecstatic. Been waiting on this for six years. Remember Stephen's mom, Sandra? She's only had two days to digest the news when we meet her. Well, it's not going to bring Stephen back, but I will have a peace of mind to know whoever did this is going to pay. A different agency, she's told. They told me that they were reopening his case with a different sled agency uh, from the Midlands and not the Low Country. So they're seeing it from brand new eyes. And so they're just going to start from the beginning. And for his twin, Stephanie, it stirs up a lot of emotions. This is the first time in six years that I've actually admitted that. I tend not to express my feelings about Stephen because I know it's just going to make me upset. But I honestly miss everything about him. I miss everything. You know, I miss him yelling at me when I get on his nerves, you know. I miss spending time with him, you know, just going grocery shopping was enough, you know, playing video games, you know, him telling me about a book I'm not interested in, but I was willing to listen, 
you know, just everything, you know, everywhere we went, he was with me, you know, I just had to get used to being alone. Will it help to know what happened to her brother? She says she's not sure. I'd be happy to see all this, you know, laid out on the table, you know, finding out who did it, you know, why they did it, but it's never really going to be any justice. You know, they took Stephen for no reason. Stephen's cousin, Connie, well, she says it's time to just let the chips fall where they may. And it really doesn't matter whose house comes down. It's not that we're asking for special circumstances for Stephen or a special review for Stephen. We're asking that the evidence that they have be processed morally and ethically and fairly, despite whose name comes up in the investigation, no matter who the fingers point at. We're just asking for justice for Stephen because he deserves it. The Smiths now have a well-known defense lawyer at their side, Andy Savage. When I asked him for an interview on October 27th, he turned me down for now, but not before he stated that there are suspects we have in sight that are unconnected to Murdoch. The focus in the media on Murdoch may be unfounded. In an email, Savage said details on other potential suspects in the case of Stephen Smith have since come to light in part through work by a private investigator his firm has employed on behalf of Smith's family. I wrote back and asked him, which Murdoch was he referring to? He responded, Paul. I didn't expect that. Considering the way the 2015 case report had focused primarily on his older brother, Buster. When I went back to SLED, they just told me that investigators were making progress. Once you start hiding it and lying and doing all that, it makes it worse. It makes it worse for you. It makes it worse for the victim's family. It makes it worse in the eyes of the court. Right. Because you know, they look at it and say, you know, how do you expect me to take mercy on you when you left this family for months not knowing what happened to their loved one? Unsolved South Carolina was brought to you by me, Ann Emerson, along with producer Drew Trupp and editor Daniel Michener. Original music by Maxwell Harrison. Coming up next week, I break down the various Murdoch sled investigations with the reporters and producers who have been following these cases for months, even years. If you enjoyed listening today, please consider rating and reviewing. It goes a long way to help others discover this podcast. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.